0: things Archie. Archie's here. Betty's here. Veronica too. Archie's here. Hey Jugget, where are you? Come on, let's go with the Archie show.
1: Welcome to RT Digest, a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast about a story that's about a town, and this town's got secrets and nothing good is happening. The mob is here all of a sudden, and it's terrible. Uh, tonight we're talking about Chapter 25, The Wicked and the Divine. Uh, my name is Chris Hayner.
2: My name is Craig Byrne.
0: And my name is Russell Game. And uh, for those who don't know... The Wicked and the Divine is, it's one of those rarities, like, we've had episodes that are named after movies and or uh, novels pretty much every single week. The Wicked and the Divine is named after a comic book series.
2: Oh,
1: I didn't look it
0: up. Yeah, it's an award-winning series currently being published by Image Comics. I think it ends next year.
2: And there was talk about doing a TV adaptation at one
0: point. It's true, I forgot about that. I think that's actually still happening.
2: Given television,
1: I'm sure it'll happen eventually.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, when they create the image streaming service. There you go. <laughs> well,
1: I got, I got, I got to tell you, this this episode was uh, jam packed, and we got a lot to get through. Uh, where do where, I don't even know where to start.
0: Why don't we start where where Craig was where just before we started recording? Craig was asking about Betty Dark Betty's cameo in this episode. Oh, Who is yeah.
2: she on the webcam with? That was weird. Uh, okay.
1: When I was watching it, I assumed she was on with a "quote unquote" customer. So
2: That's she wasn't what, on. That it with was my brother. guess.
0: No,
2: I don't think Craig. so. That's... Okay,
0: Craig. I mean, I get it because, like, every single dude who was involved with the whole cam business looks and sounds kind yeah. of like her brother. They're all these like skinny, blonde, nasally guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of them could show up dead on the floor, and I'd think it was Chick at first.
0: Hey, calm down. Just saying. We're
1: not there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was definitely under the impression that uh, it was some dude who was paying to cam with her. Um, I'm it. It was so weird. Not good.
0: No, and I don't get like part of it too is just the placement of the episode in editing because. If it had come later in the episode after the conversation with Jughead where he admitted to having, like, done stuff with other people, then it would make a little more sense that she was, like, feeling rejected and there was some, like, thing that was being fulfilled there. Right. Although I guess maybe after last episode where she was like, help me find my inner weird to her brother, maybe, like, maybe they specifically wanted to place it early enough in the episode to make it clear that this was... Chicks doing and not related to the jughead thing.
1: But even with that, it's such a zero to sixty moment where, like, she went from like, "Oh, so this is what a laptop is," at the end of the last episode, yeah, to like having uh, like a weird striptease business based out of her bedroom in this episode.
0: I mean, poor Alice. <laughs> this this whole episode is just her being like shunted into these weird situations with her kids. Yeah. yeah.
2: And her husband.
1: So here's I'm gonna this is the sort of the weird elephant in the room. Does the show touch on the fact that Betty is li- like breaking the law? She is a minor. And she is she is essentially she doesn't she doesn't get nude, but like the intimation is that she's doing sort of webcam strip teases.
2: Yeah. No, definitely mean, def-
1: ever get brought up.
2: But this is the same show that had Archie having sex with his teacher, bro. I think they kind of. I know, but I think they forgot. They don't really think about those things. I feel like on the show.
0: I don't know. I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like there's got to be some kind of. I mean, maybe not. The weird thing about it is that. The implication is that she's doing it on the same site that her brother was doing it on, which is a site that Kevin had already visited, which means it's presumably not like a crazy, creepy black market site. It's presumably a quasi-reputable something. And so the details of these things start to become like a snake eating its own tail, if you think about it too much.
1: Oh, my God. Is Kevin going to find her out?
0: Oh, that is a solid point. I kind of assume he's probably not looking at the area with the chicks, though.
2: Yeah, but when yeah, you go to the I'm main like, page of those sites, you find both. So they say.
1: Is that true, <laughs> Craig? Is that it is right? True. Yeah, it's true. Cool. Good to know, Craig.
0: <laughs> Craig Byrne. And knowing is half the battle.
1: Craig Byrne, webcam professor. Ooh.
0: That's you, no, dog. That's what you yeah. put on your next business <laughs> card.
1: Nice. <laughs> but, like, the, the other thing is, like, even though it is definitely skirting uh any like the law mm-hmm. um sheriff keller would have to stop hassling poor people long enough to investigate it also true so she could just easily get away with it because seemingly the only cop in riverdale only cares about like hassling Southside folk. folks at the yeah. behest
0: of the mayor as we have seen that he has deputies but they only ever show up when it's time to, like, have a shootout or something crazy. Like, he's never using the deputies to, you know, evict people. That's actually the sheriff personally doing it.
1: I I don't understand a world in which the sheriff is the one taping eviction notices to doors. Like, he should have more important stuff to do.
0: Yeah, and specifically taping those notices to the doors of people who they know to be dangerous.
1: Yeah. I'm here to evict the violent motorcycle gang. Violent motorcycle gang. Can you guys pack up and leave now?
0: Yeah. Uh, that said, I do think that the... The politics of the serpents and, and the introduction of kind of this idea that the serpents are on a trajectory to be at war with Hiram is really interesting.
1: Well, and there's that. And it also, we like, we obviously knew Mayor McCoy was in Hiram's pocket. Um uh, but like in, the, I feel like this is the first episode where we see her for how like full on corrupt she's become.
0: Yeah. Although I do think that they did a reasonably good job, mostly Robin and their performance. But I, I think that the episode communicated pretty well that a lot of this is like ruled by fear more than anything else. Like I don't know about you guys, like, Robin Givens is performing like, the whole episode, she just was, like, walking around shaking like a fucking freezing cold puppy.
1: Oh, because I feel like she's she's realized she's in way over her head. Because, like, at the end of the day, she's a small town politician. Yeah. Who has now ended up in bed with the mob. So, like, she's clearly in over her head. But at the same time, that being in over her head, while around Hiram, that might be terrifying. When she's around, like, Jughead, it's, it's a lot of, like, listen, kid, you don't even know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, kudos to them, by the way. You know, speaking of Jughead, kudos to the adults of, of Riverdale for finally figuring out that they have the authority to remove the two students who are constantly trying to, like, burn the school down from the school paper. Yeah, I I mean, granted, everything they're doing is good in the technical sense, but no school anywhere in America would allow anything close to what's been going on in the blue and gold for... ever.
1: Yeah, like, I remember my high school paper. It was a lot of fluff pieces about school. It was the menu from the cafeteria, and it was, like hey, these are the, this is the upcoming uh, like sports schedule.
0: Yeah, I remember getting into a lot of arguments with mine about how if we were going to do fluff pieces that were like personality profiles, it shouldn't always be like student athletes that we should pick other people because it was the same six people who basically were in the newspaper every single week. Yeah. Which, I mean, granted, is kind of what the blue and gold seems to be, because it's like Betty, Jughead, and then they're like, oh, we need to fill some space with stuff that isn't hugely controversial, so we're just going to give our random friend who's never expressed an interest in writing an advice column.
1: Also, uh, are there people at the paper who aren't Betty and Jughead?
0: (laughs) I kind of figure that they're building this to be like Tony can take over.
1: Okay, because, like, when, when, when the principal is like, listen, you're, you're both suspended. And I was like, from school? Like, and then he's like, from the paper. I was like, oh, so the paper closes. Pretty much. There's nobody else.
0: Never been any indication that they have any kind of editorial oversight or that they answer to anybody. I mean, the fact that a couple of sophomores are apparently running the school paper by themselves and there's no seniors who are even kind of interested in, like, having that resume line.
1: I don't understand. Even the Southside's newspaper had a faculty advisor. And it was just Jughead true. Like, writing shit for fun.
2: Well, they like, had like, Alice as <laughs> their advisor for a period of time.
1: She's not faculty. She's just some crazy person from town. How is there <laughs> not a teacher with any sort of oversight of this high school newspaper?
0: That's a very solid point. Uh, listen, I, yeah.
1: I love Jughead. I think he's great. But Jughead, does, like, how, what, what journalism has Jughead studied? Other than like, I insulted this old man. Now I have to start a riot. Like that—that's that's, <laughs> that's his. Like he only—he's—he's he's a storyteller, clearly. Yeah. But like yeah. he's opening the school up to some very bad stuff.
0: I think the biggest thing with Jughead is that whatever he does is very much like I remember reading Superman comics when I was a kid, <laughs> and whenever the like comic book writers who have never studied journalism in their lives needed to like have a, a lowest Lane story. It always sounded like what Jughead's writing sounds like. It's the like crazy purple prose, like every single thing you write is always a crusade. And, and that's like the idea of journalism that people who have never had to do this and don't realize how fucking boring most of it is.
1: Well now Jughead just needs to start sleeping with the people he's writing about, and he's completed the CW trifecta.
0: There you go. Especially if they eventually get a faculty advisor who could sleep with her.
1: Oh no. Huh. I'll, I'll tell you guys what. I uh just a really quick sort of sidetrack. I'm sorry. Uh I I watched the the pilot of Dawson's Creek yeah. um, this, past, this past weekend for a thing I'm working on. And they have the te- the sleeping with the teacher story. I don't know, Austin's Creek fan. Um, they have the sleeping with the teacher storyline, and it is so different from the way it's portrayed on uh, Riverdale. Because there, it's like the cool, sexy thing, and not the gross, <laughs> weirdo thing. And I found it yeah. like it's weird watching it now with hindsight, and being like, wow. 20 years ago, or yeah, because it was, it was 20 years ago this month, was so different than it is now. Because this the way it's being yeah. portrayed on Dawson's, in Dawson's Creek's pilot would not fly now whatsoever.
2: Side note, uh, Chris, I saw Ms. Jacobs about a year ago. She actually looks her age now. That's fine. I know, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think Casey would go for her now.
1: Well, I'm like so in in the pilot she plays. Well, that's the other thing. So if we look at Miss Grundy, Miss Grundy was I think she was playing like mid late twenties, maybe. Yeah, I think so.
2: Uh,
1: Miss Jacobs in on Dawson's Creek was a forty year old woman, and she and let's completely honest, she looked like a forty year old woman. She looked like a forty year old woman looks, but like she was a beautiful forty year old woman. But But, it's like. The fact that, like, a 40-year-old woman s- seducing slash sleeping with her 15-year-old student was treated with so much kinder gloves than, oh, yeah. like, a late 20s woman sleeping with her 15-year-old student is insane to me.
2: Well, I think the other thing you have to consider, though, is Pacey did not know she was his teacher. and He did, Arch- he did, on, he did on day two. Well, he did on day two, but, like, Archie knew... well. All along, who Grundy was—that that that still—the yeah, way that's,
1: Dawson's Creek frames it is shocking.
2: Yeah, I mean, he couldn't look her up on Facebook or something back True. then,
1: and on no social media,
2: they didn't even have cell phones in Dawson's Creek season one. It's weird.
1: It is a little strange. And, anyway, it, and that was my that was my sidetrack after rewatching that for the first time in years this weekend.
0: Now. Well, I, I kind of want to talk about Hiram and more or not, not Tom Sizemore. Uh, discount Dennis Farina.
1: Oh, I was like, <laughs> hey, Tom Sizemore was in this episode. I think Tom Sizemore is discount nope. Tom Sizemore at this point.
0: You mean protein Pete?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. They're so stupidly on the nose with some of
0: these things. I, I,
1: a, a character from the comic books.
0: I kind of I assume so, but like I don't like only because it sounds so much like it has to be.
2: I just assume they yeah, did Poutine because well, the show films in Vancouver.
1: Hour. Okay, I don't see Poutine Pete popping up anywhere on the old internet.
2: I don't think that was his actual name on the show. He was the Poutine Man or something. I don't think it's Poutine Pete, was it? No, was it was joking.
0: like I I Papa Poutine.
2: Papa Poutine, yeah. But I just assumed they were doing Poutine because it's filmed in Canada.
0: Probably. It's in, which then throws yeah. into the, like, it's possible that he's like Papa's something else in the real comics and that it's loosely based on some character from, like, Lil Archie or something. But uh,
1: What I will say is I was 100% on his side. Uh, if you don't put cheese curds on Poutine, you're a fuckhead. And <laughs> take that shit away. Because that, my friends, is not poutine. Poutine is a very simple recipe. It's french fries, it's gravy, brown gravy, and it's cheese curds. That's it.
2: I'm sorry.
0: That's all right. I haven't
2: had it. It's really Neither funny. have
1: I. Y'all, next time we're all in Vancouver together, I'll take it to Smokes.
0: Sounds like a plan. Felicity Smokes? No. Stop oh. it. We're not going to go. There. <laughs> it
1: is next door to a really cool video game arcade, though.
0: Nice. Sweet. Yes. No, I, I'm not worried about getting distracted talking about Vancouver. I'm worried about getting distracted talking about other shows and then me having to do a bunch of editing.
2: Yes, this is true.
1: Listen, that Dawson's Creek shit was gold, dog.
0: <laughs> Dawson's Creek can stay in. We'll just... <laughs> it's, it's anything it's anything no. that makes me the target of internet people that, that I don't want to deal with.
2: Well, We're also, not, I mean, was relevant. relevant. Wow, yeah. No, it was relevant, because we're comparing Ms. Jacobs to Ms. Grundy. Yeah. And how the Um, storylines are different. So, there you go.
0: Here's the thing. One of the the theories that people have been espousing is that Agent Fake Name is actually working for Hiram. I'm getting that vibe, too. I remember we talked about it two episodes ago, and I said, I don't think so. I think that, like, Hiram's the kind of guy, as soon as Archie agreed to play ball, it would be a problem. But I don't know. This episode, I really kind of felt like it. it it's so on the nose. Like, well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Poutine is not actually dead, if this is all some crazy well, elaborate test.
1: This was, also, this was also my thought when Agent Fake Name came up and said, Poutine Larry or whatever his name is died. Yeah. I was like, no, he didn't. You're full of it, sir. You can't fool me. I like, I've 100 thought it was some kind of uh, plot just to fool with Archie. And I, I, it feels like it's definitely, yeah. Um, Hiram, like putting Archie through the paces to see how much he can actually be trusted. I mean, and so far of- Archie's passing. With, with flying colors, which is not a good thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of the thing is that when you, when you look at the behavior, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for it to be anybody except for Hiram at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, you can introduce some other player that you can then kind of retroactively make it make sense. But there's no other obvious candidate to explain this dude's crazy behavior.
1: What if we get to the end of the season and it turns out he's actually the FBI? <laughs> Wouldn't that be I, that you tough?
0: know, it's one of those things that I feel like that is not off the table in terms of... because Again, I think when you look at the way that the writers and the cast have been interacting with fans, it's obvious that they are very keyed into our like tinfoil hat theories.
2: <laughs> and
0: I think that they try to avert them whenever possible because that like, it just builds a mythology where more of those theories come and it's kind of crazy and fun for everybody. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were intentionally building this character who seems not credible and who's acting in a way that is not, then the twist isn't, Oh my God, he killed some dude in episode 13. It's, oh my god, he's actually who he said he was. Hmm. But I, I don't, don't think it's no, going to happen, hope, but it is the kind of thing where I, I feel like it's definitely not off the table as a twist. Right. I hope it's not a twist.
1: Yeah. I definitely... Oh. But... Um, something I wanted to touch on before we get too deep into <laughs> the Hiram of it all. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheriff Keller sucks. Yeah, like he's so bad. Like the, and that when Jug had called him out on being like more active investigating the the beheading of a statue than the actual serial killer, I was like, oh no,
2: he's,
1: <laughs> he's right. Yeah, Sheriff Keller didn't give a shit about the black hood, totally. but he is all over for the statue.
2: Well, it's because there might be a reward in it from Hiram.
1: Or because he's being directed to by... It's clearly on the take from everyone. But it's it's just highlighting how corrupt the, the, the power structure of this town is between him and Mayor McCoy.
0: Yeah, it's really weird because... I mean, we haven't seen any money change hands directly to Keller yet, I don't think. I believe you're right. But it's certainly, and again, that to me is one of those things where it seems obvious that he's part of this whole operation. And mm-hmm. down the line, I could easily see them trying to subvert expectations by having him turn out to be like at a key moment an actually decent cop and just be like, Oh no, like that was always unstated, which means we can always take it back. Um, uh, but I don't think so. No.
1: Like, I can see how they could do it. I just... No. He's, yeah, he's, they could,
0: but... Bad, dude. It's pretty unlikely, and also, frankly, like, at th- we're, we're deep enough into it at this point where I think that there's more story to be had from him being on the take than there is not.
1: <clears throat> um... Let me go back. Let me check my note. Oh, uh, there's also the scene. So much of this episode is just about how, like, Hiram Lodge has become a puppet master of this entire town. Uh, the scene where M- Mayor McCoy and Josie uh, come to the Lodge apartment. Mm-hmm. House? I miss Smithers, guys. I know he's, prob- he's probably dead, but, like, I hope he miraculously so. returns one day. Well, but, uh, when, but when Mayor McCoy, maybe that's who
0: Agent Fake Names
1: working for? It. Oh, that'd be great. Smithers' son. <laughs> I see that actually. <laughs> uh, but when Mayor McCoy and Josie came and they got invited to the confirmation, I appreciate the exposition they had. The they had to drop in there to explain why she's only being confirmed now at like sixteen. Yeah. Like that was like, oh, okay, sure, we'll just accept that. Whatever.
0: Also we really wanted a godfather style setup. And yeah. they can't marry her. So No.
2: Yeah. I thought a quinceanera was when you're sixteen.
1: Yeah. It's your sixteenth birthday party.
0: Maybe, so maybe she's still fifteen and they just decided they wanted to have the sweet sixteen as a potential future thing. I
1: I don't know I don't know that a keen is a everybody comes in from out of town sort of situation.
2: Okay. But yeah. I was actually kind of weirded out about uh it seemed like it was at uh Mayor McCoy's insistence that uh Josie accepts the invitation.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's that was
2: of, And that's kind of shitty after what Veronica did last week. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the thing that really bugged me about that was that when Veronica was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to make her. And then it became the like, oh, well, let's do a duet, which was like, okay, cool. So they're going to do a thing where she gets Josie alone in a room and there's some kind of conversation that goes on about something and it's going to inform something. And then it was just like, nope, that's just Josie is now singing the song that Veronica suggested for their duet.
1: From the Cruel Intentions soundtrack,
0: <laughs> which made me happy
1: just I, hearing those words together.
2: Yeah. I'm sure they were yeah. also happy by the notion that Cammy can sing. I guess maybe when they all had their auditions, they had to prove they could. I don't know, but for sure, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I kind of feel like it's baked into the DNA of Archie. Even yeah. like in the comics, you know, you get. Jughead, uh, Jughead on the drums and and uh, on the you know the Betty Cooper band or whatever when she breaks up with Archie and she's not part of the Archies anymore. So yeah, I imagine pretty much everybody but Cole had to prove that they could like step up and do a musical theater episode if they needed to.
2: Cole just had to prove he could eat hamburgers.
1: This fucking musical theater episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Back to that. <laughs> And now everyone's uh, so excited about it. I'm like, come on, guys, let's just be. It'll be fine. But like, uh, I'm gonna. Lo- I'm, I'll love it. I know I will. I just. I'm not going to go down this road again about musical episodes. <laughs> you know. You know how I feel, and I'm just going to leave it at that. What I am going to say is, going back to that scene real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ashley, the like plays Josie, was so good. Playing scared and awkward, absolutely. In that in that moment where she's sort of being forced by her mom to humble herself before the Almighty lodges, absolutely. and it's the last place she wants to be. Veronica literally picked up the scraps of her band, mm-hmm. and now she's being forced to sing for this person, just because yeah. the I, I... under their thumb.
0: <laughs> that. And again, this is just a guess, but I think that season three, the arc for the Lodges will probably be that Hiram gets, if not jailed, then screwed in a big way, mm-hmm. and everybody in town is going to be calling in these these shitty chips. Fine with it. No, totally. It's good. And I... It's also gonna be good drama for Veronica because while technically we haven't seen Veronica do a lot of terrible things, she did voluntarily step into line with her parents, and so there's an element of whatever happens next, she's gonna be in it.
1: Yeah, she's complicit now. Like she knows that her family is doing terrible things and she's actively being a part of it and know, and mm-hmm. while knowing everything that's happening.
0: Or at least thinking that she knows everything that's happening, because clearly right. that's not. Oh God! Even it. remotely true.
2: Were you guys surprised to see Penny Peabody again?
0: Oh, no.
1: you know, let's, okay, let's talk. Let's talk about the serpent stuff for a minute. First yeah. of all, Tallboy Boy sucks. He is like Keller. He is the worst. Yeah. But the fact that he brought Penny Peabody back into the picture drives me insane.
0: Again, the, the other thing that kills me is, basically, Penny walks away. They, quote-unquote, exile Tallboy. It's like, okay, unless exile is a really fancy word for he's at the bottom of the river, then all that's going to happen is that in four episodes, he and Penny are going to come back with a different gang.
1: Now, here's, here's something that sort of stands out to me as I'm watching this episode. Penny has a legitimate gripe. And it's this is where I kind of get down on what sort of what Jughead's been turning into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really dwell on it when it happened, but now that they're sort of looking back on it, he maimed a woman with a knife. Yeah, and that is so far from I feel like that's so far from the Jughead we were introduced to, uh, and it goes a long way in showing uh, the bad. That the serpents have done to this character. But that can't just be the excuse. Like, he did a horrible thing. Yeah. And he did a horrible thing to a horrible person, but it doesn't make it less of a horrible thing.
0: Yeah, and I think we got a shred of that when, like, Betty was just like, wait, what? You cut somebody? Yeah.
1: And if Betty if but even ben, like then, Betty's off her rocker right now if she thinks you went too far, holy hell.
0: <laughs> True story. But yeah, but yeah I, I
1: was uh, I I had almost like I know I remember I remember we had gotten uh, sort of, we'd sort of temporarily gotten rid of Penny Peabody. I had almost forgotten about the fact that like Jug had literally took a knife and cut a tattoo off of her arm. That is some Well, I mean, we could have killed her.
0: At the time, we were talking about the fact that we didn't believe that they... Like, that we thought they cut away for a reason and blah, 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 blah. And so we were all like, oh, no, he's going to scare her and, like, whatever. And then the next time we see her, she'll be, like, pissed and indignant, but she'll still have the tattoo and it'll be something. thing. Uh, but it was like, nope. Hey, they actually did that. So, Ugh. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I agree with you that, like what Jughead has become this season is, is super problematic in terms of they haven't done a really good job of selling why this is necessary. Which is funny, because in no, the first yeah, like it, three episodes, they normal. really did.
1: His new normal has gone
0: so wildly
1: out of step with what it always was before, and I think it makes it problematic for what it could be in the future. Like, if he keeps going down this serpent rabbit hole... At a certain point, I'm like, "Well, fuck, Jughead! Like, he's not a good guy anymore." Well, he's good with his dad.
2: That's the thing. He's trying to impress his dad.
0: Not working out well. True. Interesting. I think that obviously, I think they're making a conscious choice right now to push everybody super far into the dark. And one of the things, like, if this was another CW show, this is one of the superhero shows, my immediate instinct would be that this is a narrative device. They're pushing everybody into the dark so that we can learn a very important lesson, and at the end of the season, everybody steps into the light, and we come out of it stronger. Mm -hmm. being Riverdale, I don't know if that's what they're planning. Like, I legit don't know whether everybody's just being pushed into the dark so that things can get really bad and ugly. And like we end the season on another murder.
1: I mean, I love the show, but like there comes a point where you can only push so far into the dark before it's just the dark. I had, I had a similar program with, I don't know if either of you watched sons of anarchy. That was a show that got to a point where it was impossible to root for anybody on the show. And it, it got so dark and kept getting darker that by the end of its seven seasons, I think, I, I was dying for someone to just put it out of its misery because it was time. There was nothing left to feel. And that's not a road. And that was one of my favorite shows until it got to the point where it just it was morally reprehensible as a series. Obviously Riverdale is much lighter stakes than this. Oh, they're both hot yeah. uh, motorcycle games, so who knows? But I don't I want it to be able to maintain some sort of light. I don't want it to get so dark that there's no turning back. And Jughead's a character that like, especially as the like as we all know, the narrator of the show, he is the one telling the show's story. He there ha- there has to be a lightness there. Mm-hmm. That's me yeah, I, off of my soapbox now.
0: <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I think, again, like, I, I, I assume that we are heading in some direction where they're going to reverse this course at some point, and it'll be meaningful. But I, because of the fact that the premise of the show is, hey, guys, it's Super Dark Archie. And because, like, Afterlife, which is obviously written by Roberto, never lightens up. I kind of feel like there, there's a, a, not a, not a huge chance, but there's a decent, like a 25% chance that pushing until the audience is uncomfortable.
1: But like, I, like I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable yeah. with the fact that like Jughead, who's supposed to be one of the heroes of this show, maimed a woman with a knife.
2: And Betty is doing naughty things in a webcam.
1: Yeah, and and, be- and Betty's now, be, like, she's a cam girl. And Archie's in with the mob. And Veronica's just whatever about all of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange. And again, like, I think that it's clearly an aesthetic choice in the sense that, like, we've spent so much time with Hiram and so much time with the Serpents. And basically, Luke Perry has had about six episodes of Vacation.
1: That's what I need, man. Oh, we need Fred to come back and lighten this shit up.
0: I think that's like, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that will be a thing sooner than later is Fred trying to take some. Cause I, I like once Fred kind of comes to the realization of how much in his kid's life Hiram is, I can't imagine that's a scenario that he would let stand. Like, even just I'm what sure we saw in this episode, I'm just like, how is this not, like, a conversation that you guys are having?
1: I I just want to know what Fred's response is going to be when Archie's like, listen, I've been talking to not an FBI agent for about a month now.
0: Yeah. I, I – God, that's another thing. Uh, I didn't talk about this last week, and it certainly was a lot more relevant last week than it is this week. But – He's been lying to Veronica so much. And, like, he Are has he? to because he's. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's all these things that he's withholding from her because he has to because he's, you know, in with Agent Fake Name. Yeah. It's one of those things where, in any given episode, it's like he lies and because of like the low stakes of this episode you're like oh you know what it's better for the characters if she just doesn't find out right away and like this goes forward but then you get to the point where like last week there was like four super low stakes lies that all were piled up on top of each other yeah and and it's like yeah now we are officially at the point where when things start to come out about what Archie's been up to behind Hiram's back It's going to irreparably fuck up his relationship with Veronica.
1: Absolutely. Well, especially now that we're getting to the point where, like, regardless of whether or not fake name is an actual FBI agent, he's not. Regardless of whether he is, the choices Archie's making to help Hiram, knowing that Hiram is breaking the law, Knowing that Hiram is a gangster, he is in the mob. We don't know what kind of mob. Like it, it seemed to be that the the five families or whatever was going on at that poker game was like one of us is from Kenosha, one of us is from Quebec. Like, this, I thought Riverdale was supposed to be around New York. It definitely feels like this week. It felt like it was in like Ohio. It was just yeah. the Midwest. Um, but like as we're sort as we're what they saying? Now oh, as we're seeing Archie make these choices, like they're not choices that he's sort of being suckered into making. They're flat out choices he's making, and they're the wrong choices, but they're the wrong choices on such a different level from like, all oh, I care about is my guitar and sleeping with my teacher, man. Like, yeah. he, like this is a whole other level of dumb Archie.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's also kind of it's it's insidious because it's a less obviously dumb Archie in terms of last year when we had dumb Archie, everybody could kind of look at what was going on and be like, okay, you're a puppy and it's dumb, but like it's dumb in an almost funny way. Yeah. This season it's like, no, there's really nothing particularly funny about the, the, the dumb that gets you like intentionally in bed with the mob.
1: No, Sam Archie might have gotten the guy killed this week.
0: Yeah. And, and, oh, by the way, getting intentionally in bed with the mob while, as far as he knows, they're actively under an investigation where he is supposed to be the informant. The
1: worst possible time to join the mob is when the FBI is investigating them. How does he not know?
0: And literally asking you to be the person to wear the wire.
1: Archie,
0: like here's the other thing. Let's assume for the sake of argument, the fake name is an FBI agent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By the end of this week's episode, when Poutine is is ostensibly killed, the thing that like the literally next thing that should go through Archie's head is I'm going. Oh to wait, what happened? Well, not even that. It should be <laughs> what what happens to what happens to me? What happens to Fred? What happens to anybody when? Hiram finds out you've been talking to the FBI. Yeah. And that's one of those things is if the guy doesn't work for Hiram, then that could blow up at any moment. Like the best case scenario for Archie is that this dude works for Hiram.
1: What's insane is it feels like years ago now that he was like, nah, man, my biggest pressing need is trying out for the wrestling team. That was a (laughs) week ago.
0: I know. It's like, it's like that thing that keeps getting passed around on social media where it's just like, hey guys, you know how crazy the Trump administration is? Here's a timetable of the last month. Don't you feel old now? It's like, Riverdale is the same thing. It's like, so much shit happens from week to week that you're like, wait, that was, that was two episodes ago.
2: So wait, (laughs)
1: is that your review quote? Riverdale. It's just like the Trump presidency.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Remember when Archie (laughs) thought he was the (laughs) punisher?
0: Oh God! I was actually just thinking—I was just thinking today, actually, about the fact that how is that not a thing that we've continued to talk about?
1: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah.
0: Like yeah, that's.
1: Wait, did Veronica throw his gun in the lake?
0: I yeah, like something. So. Yeah.
1: Someone threw yeah. his gun in the lake, right? He didn't still have that fucking
0: yeah. gun. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it was definitely. It, it. I think it was Veronica, but it was definitely somebody. It was either Betty or Veronica threw it in the lake. Um. <laughs> That was like Which three times, right? Yeah, exactly. At the time it felt like, oh my god, like Archie and the gun, like this is a story that's going to like follow us and at the end of the season her throwing that gun away is going to have been a huge mistake. And now you're just like, yeah, I don't remember that that happened.
1: Yeah, now he's helping carry out a hit on a mob king.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which again, like here's the other thing. There's no scenario I mean, I, I guess if you're really dumb which Archie has occasionally proven to be. But, like, in my head, there's no scenario whatsoever where you go to Hiram with that information and you don't know tonight. Like, you know. And, like, maybe you tell Hiram anyway because the choice is either that guy's dead or Hiram is dead. There's no scenario where you go to Hiram. You say, like, oh, by the way, this other mob guy is trying to kill you today. Yeah. And, like, one of the two mob guys doesn't end up dead within 12 hours.
2: It's true. Did we talk yet about um, Archie finding out about the lodges owning pops?
0: No, because that was super okay. subtle. It, it, like, yeah. in, in the context of this episode, that was incredibly, yeah. incredibly subtle because they didn't yeah. actively tackle it head on. But it was very important. Oh, absolutely. And I think Oh yeah, one hundred percent. First of all,
1: <laughs> thank God he bought Pops so he has somewhere to hold his poker
0: game. <laughs> <laughs> Although hadn't he already rented Pops for some previous thing?
1: No, he didn't he didn't rent Pops for anything. They had the save pops burger oh, yeah, that's right. or whatever. Where Archie or where Betty and Jughead dressed up like '50s diner kids. Um, But yeah, like I that that was that was a really interesting moment. I wonder what that's going to how that's going to play going forward. But also, my favorite line in the episode came from that that scene. It was like, "You respect Pop Tate, or you show Pop Tate some respect."
0: Yeah, no, I, that was actually I was thinking the same thing. That was one of my favorite like you're apologize for what? For disrespecting Pop Tate. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that line read was just my
1: favorite. <laughs> I just thought it would have been great if Pop Tate was like, yeah, guy. <laughs> I'd like him I'd like him to chime in more. I here, I'm not down with Archie joining the mob. I am here for Pop Tate joining the mob. That would be amazing.
2: Easy. and his mob name could be Pops, there which would know. explain the bad name tag from the there promo you know. that was changed.
1: And and that uh, and that other movie.
2: Oh, and that other movie. Uh, don't That's remind
0: true. me. <laughs> uh, it'll that that'll be the end of season two. It'll just be it'll be like Strangers in Paradise, where like everybody get all the the mobsters that end up killed, and it's like some random person who's kind of tangentially involved ends up taking over. It'll be
2: pop tape.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, okay. One more I have one more serpent centric question. Uh, is Betty a serpent? I
0: I mean I guess after
1: doing the, she, after doing the funky dance thing on the pole.
0: key strip and I I I kind of feel like the wacky strip tease was inserted f- like for this line. Like I, I feel like at one point they get to the like their their breaking story and they're just like, Well, if Betty's there, then it's gonna be a thing. Oh well, we'll make her a serpent.
1: Because like when uh, her, like... when they voted about Tallboy and her hand shut up, I was like, Betty, put your hand down and I was like well, I was It looks like F
2: P like FP kinda <laughs> chuckled when she did that too, like, Oh god, her
0: No, he did. <laughs> but but there also there, there was a line earlier in the scene though because like tall boy was like what's the north sider doing here yeah. and Jughead's like shut up she's one of us and it's like well not really but she certainly she also like one of you. yeah the funny thing is when he said what's the north sider doing here my first thought wasn't that he was talking about Betty my first thought that he was talking about Jughead who they were voting to expel at the moment
2: <laughs> yeah same
0: and I'm just like I was just like, okay, well, you know, this is related to what we were saying where, where it's like, okay, we don't really want Jughead going in the direction that he's going. But it's like Jughead's offense was pretty egregious, and he got caught red-handed. Yeah. And somehow, like, catching somebody else doing something equally bad, like, magically absolves you of like resp- like the, the vote to kick him out is essentially suspended cuz he found somebody else also breaking the same rules that he's accused of be- of breaking yeah. but at least and he was not suspended even like- yeah no, i he's mean put on probation. oh yeah. yeah that's right
1: which i'm assuming he means he can only wear his jacket like between the hours of like 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. and the dungeons his- and
0: dragons games
1: yeah, he has to trade. He has temporarily traded his motorcycle for a bicycle,
0: and he can't
2: take care of hot dog anymore.
1: No, not at all.
2: He loses luckily, hot dog privileges.
1: But luckily, they're well on. He's well on his way to ingratiating himself back into the crew because they found that damn statue head.
2: Yeah,
0: which I mean, How I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like that. I mean, the statue head is going to play a bigger role because obviously, like A, now they know about Hiram, and B, they've like sent a message to Hiram by gift, by gifting it back to him.
1: Yeah, I th- it was, and that was also very much a godfathery
0: horse's head, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: kind of situation.
0: Like I said, it's funny that this episode was named after the Wicked and the Divine because it was very much like the Godfather episode.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, maybe that should have been the title.
0: Probably the they net. decided it was two in the nose, exactly. Fair. But, just uh. Just a little bit. So, so we, but, yeah, the. Uh, we
2: also didn't talk about, uh, Chick's random job interview.
1: You mean his, na- his naked job interview?
2: Yeah, was it hand or blow? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm but. That, Craig. <laughs> I stole that joke from clerks. Damn, but. I'm not going to answer that, Craig. Okay, but. Yeah. Tell I'm, us more
1: about these webcam
2: websites you love. Uh, boy, I'm, <laughs> I'm speechless. Long enough for Russ to edit that whole bit out. There um, you go. There you go. No, but, no, but I, yeah, I, that
1: that was it. Was very weird that like he he like things are a changing in the in the Cooper household. Yeah, and they are a changing quickly. First of all. Hal is out again. Good Yeah. Again?
2: Saying yeah. Uh, what was it was wasn't Airbnb but it had a similar name to it. Share B.
0: Share B. He's presumably booked it with his American access card.
1: I see, when he said share B at first, I was like, Did he say share? Does huh. he mean he's sharing a a B with Cheryl's mom? Is
0: that what that means? That's actually a solid point. Like he's, I hadn't thought about the Cheryl's mom of it all. That's probably a really like the reason he's taking off isn't just because he's pissy about chick, but because like being pissy about chick gives him a perfect like opportunity to sneak off and do whatever he's doing with Penelope.
2: Right. So did Chick legitimately get a job at whatever the place was called the Bijou.
0: I mean, uh, I assume, probably. I don't. I feel like of the things to lie about, that one wouldn't make much sense.
2: Okay. But un- unlike Betty, he sees actual clients.
0: Well, she sees them just through a computer. <laughs> but here's the thing: like I'm. I'm curious as to whether he really does or not, because obviously like, I mean, obviously he slept his way into the job at the Bijou and the mechanics of that make very little sense in terms of like, how do you persuade somebody that like, that's the the way you're going to conduct your interview anyway. But like, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if this second dude who showed up turns out not to be a client, but like chick's boyfriend or some other, you know, some, like person from his previous life who was trying to bring him back home or something. Wait,
2: the blood that wasn't Mm -hmm. his pimp dude.
0: So the pimp dude was bigger, wasn't he?
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: All
1: right. So I feel like
0: the pimp dude was like 40.
1: So we're, so then we're going to hit this. So this, this is the point where we're going to, I'm assuming talk about all of the blood Yeah. and the dead body. Yeah. What the, what, what happened?
2: And what did either of, of you that? have to rewind to see who it was on the floor at first?
1: I, I did not know.
0: Because I no, did. I saw, mean, I, got I, confused. Saw bad,
1: I saw the bad blonde highlights. I was like, oh, it's the dude that knocked on the door. Exactly.
0: I think they intentionally gave him terrible hair because then, like, it sticks out. Yeah. Uh, but, so who do you think yeah, is mean, I don't know, man. I mean... Part of the thing with part of the thing with Chick is that he's just so tiny; it's difficult to imagine him committing a murder that requires that level of like blunt force trauma. I mean, Do you think Alice was is trying to protect him? That's that was my gut instinct. Is that Alice? Like like the dude probably moved on Chick, and Alice clubbed him from behind or something.
2: Okay, here's a weird question. Could that have just been Chick's actual dad?
0: I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, that dude looked to me maybe five years older than Chick.
1: That dude didn't look like FP at all. <laughs> Fair.
0: No, um, I, I mean, so- I, I really think it's going to be somebody from his past life, like I said. I, I don't think it's going to be a client because I think that he's probably telling the truth when he tells Betty, like, do not give your location to clients. It's a terrible fucking idea.
1: It is a pretty bad idea.
0: Uh, but, but, you then, know... So
1: my, my question is, in that final moment when we see Alice like mopping up blood, where's Chick?
0: I Crying in could, the corner? Getting rid of the murder weapon, maybe? And or showering? Well, um, yeah, in front
2: of people on webcam?
0: Oh. <laughs> like, I don't... I mean, it's a, it's definitely a good These are question.
1: All possible. These are all definitely possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is that we don't know. Like, he could literally... Like, if not for the fact that we've seen behind-the-scenes shots, like, taken last week, it wouldn't shock me if they said, like, oh, yeah, this is when we write him out of the... Se- we write him out of the, the show for six episodes. Because... Mm. Yeah. Say like, okay. Well, he set up the conflict that he was here to set up, and now it's time to have like our main characters deal with it for a bit. Uh, I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I think we're gonna find out that he was just that he's just like in the other room or something.
2: Well, luckily for the Coopers, it's not as though Sheriff Keller will figure out what went on. It's
0: true. It's very the true. Coopers have too much money.
2: Yeah, they're
1: above the law.
2: Unless Hal helps them to, like, implicate Chick into doing something bad and then gets Chick jailed.
1: Hal would definitely sell Chick out in a heartbeat.
2: Exactly.
0: I think he would definitely sell Chick out if he knew, but I don't think he would do anything to, like, like the way you're describing it, like, try to implicate him in something. Like, I feel like anything that requires effort and plotting, Hal would be just, like, no, because that's putting myself on the line for something that will... T- it's a problem that will take care of itself sooner or later. Mm. There.
1: Okay.
0: The, uh... I, my guess is that, you know, that Alice is the one who actually had to do the, the killing, part of the killing. And that what we'll see I is that... I
1: will say, it is, it is one of the more shocking endings of an episode of the show yet. Like, it... My jaw dropped. I was like... Because that was the last thing. Because we, we go from the moment of, I think, Betty and Jughead getting back together. Yeah. Even though he still doesn't know about the whole kissing Archie thing. Even though everyone that else was,
0: does. And that was so weird. Like, again, like, why lie about that? There are so many people who already know. And, like, Archie's his best friend. So, eventually, it's going to... Like, there are so many... It's... it. I mean, at least with Archie and Veronica, he's got a good reason to lie, and so as you're watching him dig himself in deeper, you're just like, yeah, there's not really another option for him right now, but with this thing with Betty, it's like Jughead was honest with her, and then he asked her a point-blank question, and she did not answer it truthfully, and it's just like, that is a... Also, there's no fucking good reason why she did it.
1: No, there's not that 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 bothered me, I watching this episode, I realized something else bothered me too. You know what this season is severely lacking? What's that? Just Betty and Veronica time,
0: yeah, yeah, which they hung funny. out
1: so much last year, and it was so awesome to watch every single time and now I feel like they don't get to spend they don't share a lot of scenes together.
0: part of it is that we're seeing so little time actually spent in the high school,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Like, end of the day, they're, they're kind of, like, school friends. Their families don't really run in the same circles. And, like, Betty's always off, like, trying to solve a murder while Veronica is helping her dad commit more of them.
1: Yeah. It's so a
0: weird... Horror. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. Like, you're missing that dynamic. And I don't really know how to... Like, I, I don't really know if if we're going to see it resolve itself like i kind of feel like you know everybody always says man i wish iris west would go back to having a day job and like a life that doesn't involve the flash and candace is always saying yeah i wish i could do that too but there's so much stuff going on on my show that it just doesn't happen and i kind of feel like this is that this is the thing of like much other shit going on that's like driving big picture plot that we're almost stuck in a in a situation where there's no room for B and V stuff, even though everybody watching the show wants it.
1: What a bummer!
2: Well, what uh, a sad note to end on tonight.
1: That's. I mean, we could just end on talking about like the murder. Like yeah. this show ended on a pretty down note as well. This is that's true.
0: But, I mean, I will say, I thought this was a strong episode. Like, yeah. all of the things that were kind of nitpicking, where it's just like, this doesn't make sense, and this really bothers me. Like, part of it is the reason, part of the reason behind it is that this episode was a really well-executed episode. And Absolutely. everybody is making terrible decisions, and the like, the reason that we're sitting here second-guessing them and making fun of them is because the way that the show is framing their, their decisions is telling us that we should be second guessing them
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, it's, it's not like this is a bad episode of the show and we're sitting here bagging on it because it's terrible no. it's, it's, mo- it's literally it's, it's a very effective episode of the show and the show itself like the narrative is telling you everything is awful <sighs> pretty much
1: I don't like it it makes me sad but I love it. Like it like yes. It's there are things to nitpick, but there's things to nitpick about every show. This was mm-hmm. I this might have been this is one of my top 2 or 3 of the season easily. Um everything that they did worked within the frame that they were building if you if, you're, if you get what I mean. And yeah. um beyond that we noticed that there was no Cheryl, no Cheryl in this episode, and the the other pussy cats that are not Josie or Veronica were not in this episode, and Reggie wasn't in the background doing hijinks in this episode. Like the the one of the, one of my knocks against the first season and parts of this season is that they've gone so far out of their way to include everyone that it gets overstuffed. This felt like the perfect storm. Like, they kept the characters that, that weren't pertinent to the story they were trying to tell in this episode away mm-hmm. so they could just focus on the story and not also throw in a bunch of filler.
0: Right, and it, the, the net result of that is that we got some really, like, effective scenes with, like, Archie and Veronica and mm-hmm. Betty and Jughead and the Lodges, which we wouldn't have had time for if we had to make sure that You know, Kevin Keller had three minutes of being silly. Exactly. But, uh, all right, why don't we go around the room, gentlemen? We can talk about where people can find us on the internet. And then uh, for those of us on the East Coast, we can kind of go to sleep.
1: (laughs) All right, I'll kick things off this week. Uh, I am at Chris Hainer on Twitter and Instagrams. I don't know why you'd follow me on Instagram. It's pretty fun, though. You can see that I saw Black Panther. Can't talk about it, though. I'm under embargo, gentlemen. Uh, And it's Chris Hainer on Facebook, and follow at Waterworld Photos on Instagram because it'll change your life. I'm not saying for the better,
0: <laughs>
1: but you know, it'll change your life.
2: And I am Craig Byrne. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KSITE TV or at Riverdale TV for my Riverdale posts. Um, KSITE TV.com is where most of my stuff lands. Uh, because they're announcing a new Superman TV show every day of the week, it seems. Uh, <laughs> Krypton site I'm posting on a lot more lately. Uh, so that's at Krypton Sight. Um, and, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm still going to be holding on to Smallville. So there's my Smallville reference for the night. And I'm going to throw... A-, make
1: a Metropolis reference. Give me time. I <laughs> know, but
0: uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw this over to Russ now. All right, you can follow me at Russ Burlingame R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E on both Facebook and Twitter, or Emerald City Video Podcast, which is E C V underscore Podcast on Twitter. And then you can kind of just search it on all the other things. It's got an Instagram account, it's got a Facebook account, but really it, it, it's it's Twitter and Emerald City dot com are the two places where Emerald City Video stuff is actually happening. But that that Podcast is a lot of fun. I get to talk about movies with people who used to work at a video store with me. I'm going to record a little monologue for that in like 15 minutes. And so you should you should listen. We have like literally 25 to 30 times as many people downloading Archie Digest as are downloading uh, Emerald City video. And one of these days, like 10 people are going to be like, ah, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to see those numbers and I'm going to be like, See, Archie Digest made a difference. Ah, I like it. Praise Bebo. Exactly. Exactly. So we will be back next week uh, for Chapter 26. I cannot for the life of me remember which one Chapter 26 is.
1: I already know what it is. I I got this. Are you ready?
2: Yes. We'll
1: be back next week for Chapter 26, The Telltale Heart.
0: Bum bum bum. Which I guess makes a lot of sense because I'm guessing that they're gonna end up having to bury that body on the Cooper property.
1: Oh my god, I didn't even think it. Oh. Oh wait, so I'm looking at the script page for the Telltale Heart now, as posted by the uh Roberto way back when. Mm-hmm. Keyhole. And through the keyhole on the other side is a very crying Betty Cooper. So, so let that lead you as it will.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you again. We will see you next week. And yeah, I got nothing.
1: Beaver well, loves you.
0: Oh, boy.
2: Everything's I like Praise
1: Bebo.